Make your Bible tonight. Now, I, when I preach, I never have nobody in mind. I really don't. I get up to preach. I just let the Lord lead me where I go. And I try not to get personal when I'm preaching. So tonight, if you'll turn to the book of Sally, chapter 30. Oh, I'm sorry. I meant the book of Psalms, chapter 11. Psalms chapter 11, the Bible says, In the Lord put I my trust. How say you to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain? For lo, the wicked bend their bow. They make ready their arrow upon the string. They that may privily shoot at the upright in heart. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? That is our text verse for tonight. Many things could be said about this verse, but I want to use it tonight to help us, to challenge us. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? Now notice he said, what can the righteous do? He didn't say there's nothing the righteous can do. What can the righteous do? Let's ask God to bless us tonight. Father, I pray tonight that the dear, precious Holy Spirit would be the one who uses me tonight I pray tonight that you'd guard my mind and my heart and my lips. May I only say what you would want me to say tonight. And I pray, Father, tonight that this message will help everyone here. I pray it'll help those with a heavy load to be able to have strength to continue carrying that load. I pray that it gives some people a challenge in their heart to do more. And I pray most of all that all of us will leave here tonight glad we're saved, glad we're kept, and glad that we have a church like we have and uh, the blessings that we have in life. And I pray, Father, you'll just meet the need. Bless the, brother, our pastor tonight. Bless the family. And, Father, take care of them and give them what they need. And we'll thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. If the foundation be destroyed, what can the righteous do? As we look at our world today that we live in, it seems like just overnight... We have been awakened to a whole new situation in the world. We wonder where this all came from. How is all this happening? And where in the world are we going in the future? And we see our society just literally rocked and moved by the things that are going on. And it's not good things that are going on. And uh, uh, we find that the foundation after foundation is being attacked in our nation tonight. Our constitution tonight. We say much about it all the time. For many years it was ignored and politicians did what they wanted to and just ignored it. Today we've come to a new phase. Now it's not ignored. Now they're in the process of shredding it and doing away with it. And we live in that world today. Uh, we live in a society where they have to have a slush fund for the House of Representatives uh, so that they can take care of all their illicit affairs to not have the lawsuits that they ought to have. And I pray tonight that God would speak to our hearts and cause us to uh, get a burden about our nation and a burden and realize that there are still some things we can do. Who would have thought we'd see an election shaping up where we're going to decide whether we're going to be a socialistic society or we're going to continue to be the society that God has given to us? 
Who would have thought that we would have politicians now not only talking about abortion, not only having scientific evidence to back up what the Bible had already taught them, that it's murder, that it's a murder, and no way you can pretty that up, no way you can make that sound good, but yet we are deciding about that when we elect politicians today. That is so sad. Uh, we have all these things taking place to attack our churches, to attack our homes. We feel like for a moment we've been, we've been ushered back in time to the days of John Bunyan. God bless the sinner coming in the church right now. <laughs> I couldn't resist, Terry. <laughs> we've been ushered back to the days of John Bunyan. Where a man is thrown in prison, taken from his family, and is held prisoner because he will not promise to not take a license. A Baptist preacher, they bring his little girl and make her cry and make her beg him to renounce, and he will not. And he spends years and years and years as a prisoner in America. We can think we've gone back to the early days of our civilization in America where Baptist preachers were put in jail. To baptize someone was against the law. And uh, there were many things that could happen to people who took place in those events. But we feel like that was all behind us. But here as we look ahead and we look at where we are today, we've got to realize something. We're not that far from persecution like we've never known it. As a matter of fact, persecution is happening right now. There are people being martyred for the faith all over this world right now. And nobody talks about it. Uh, and we have lived in a time when it seems like our hands are bound. There's nothing we could do. But we've got to remind ourselves. The Bible says that the foundations be destroyed. What can the righteous do? What can we do? There are several things we could do. We can resist the evil that attacks us. I think we should resist always. I think about Brother Roloff, how he resisted and resisted and resisted and resisted. Went to jail. Brother Roloff did. We all, most of us know about that. Some of you younger people won't. But a hero of the faith in our generation, he was put in jail for not bowing down to the government and their rules and their order that they want to place upon God's work. Uh, what can we do? We can resist the evil. We can overcome. Thank God we have seen an overcoming take place in a lifetime. I've lived longer than many of you, and I've lived long enough to see things that looked like it was impossible. I've seen things turn around and come back. I've seen God do many mighty miracles that people thought would never. I remember as a child, I used to hear people talk about how the great days of churches were over and the great days of seeing people saved was over. But bless God, we've seen that turn around, and we saw it happen again, and now we're losing again. Somebody's got to resist we can overcome. We can pray. Oh, we all can pray. What can the righteous do? I hope the righteous can pray. I hope the righteous can call on God with a broken heart for our society and a broken heart for our nation and a broken heart for the shambles our world is getting into today. A broken heart for the young people who are being destroyed today. We can pray. We can preach the gospel. Oh, thank God. It's not like John Bunyan. We're not being cast in prison for preaching but that day could come. But while we can preach the gospel, we must preach the gospel. And we must preach it more and more and more with more power. Uh, we can be good stewards. We can be stewards of what's been handed to us by previous generations. What's been given to us and entrusted to us. We can be good stewards of the faith and good stewards of the things that God blesses us with. We can be consistent. 
We can be dependable. And if you're dependable, my friend, there's somebody that you'll help become dependable who doesn't know how. There's somebody that you'll take to victory who would never find victory because you are a dependable person in their life. If you teach Sunday school, be dependable as a teacher. If you're a deacon, be dependable. If you're a bus worker, be dependable. If you're a Christian and you got you want people to be influenced by your life, the best thing you can do is learn to be dependable. And God will use you, and God will use you to make a difference. We can be godly. Boy, that's something we ought to work at today. We can be godly and not worldly. We can, keep, we can seek after counsel when we see the trouble coming. Now, preacher, what do you mean seek after counsel? I believe tonight that I hold in my hand the counsel of the Lord. I believe tonight this is where we get our counseling from. Not from a human being, but from the God's word. This book was made by the one who designed us. This book was made by the one who designed our emotions and designed everything about us. And this book has an answer for everything that we need tonight. And we need to look to counsel from the word of God and uh, read it like never before. And study it like never before. And cling to it like never before. Because all over this world are people who would die to have a Bible. Who would die to have some instruction from God. And we live in a nation where the instruction of God is available readily every day to us. We must seek counsel as we see the day coming, the trouble coming. We, we realize we've never seen it like this before. But God has already seen it. And God has already pronounced upon it. And God has already given instruction concerning it. And we must look. The psalmist knew the trouble was coming. He said, and the Lord put out my trust. How say you to my soul, flee as a bird to your mouth. He knew it was coming. In verse number 2, he gives the indication that he already saw the foundations destroyed. And he saw what was taking place. And he looked, David did, and he saw the political damage that had been done. And the political foundations have been shaken in our world today for sure. I mean, I, I, you can't respect a politician today. I mean, they're all crazy. And uh, I, I mean, we need to realize that we need to quit looking to Washington for help. It's in this book we're going to find help. It's in our God we're going to find help. And we must understand that as never before. And uh, he saw the religious decay. And we have religious decay today where men forsake the faith and churches have changed to become nothing more than a glorified nightclub. And uh, we, we, we saw it and he knew the warnings had come from the prophets and the warnings have come to you and I and we've heard them and heard them and heard them and heard them. But we still go on toward judgment. He knew it was coming. If the foundations have been destroyed, society is crumbling. And we have been warned over and over again. Our problems in America are escalating because of our sin and our failure to acknowledge God. Now you hear me tonight. It sounds so simplistic. But here we are tonight having a debate readily and re really. And we're having elections coming up. And we're trying to decide are we going to put in office a bunch of people who pray to Allah. Nobody's going to say anything about it. Well, brother, there needs to be some Baptist preachers screaming about it. I mean, we, Allah had nothing to do with this country. There weren't any Allah followers on the, on the Mayflower. There weren't any Allah followers I'll read about in, our, in the history of our great nation. And the great, oh, they're trying to rewrite it, to write some in there. But I'll tell you something, Allah, never, Allah is, is, is going to burn in hell if he really exists. 
Uh, we believe in Jehovah God. And all our years of existence, through our imperfections and the things that we, maybe we should have been smarter about, we never said there's no God that exists in the world other than the Lord Jehovah. He is the only God. He is the true God. And He is the only God that can bring deliverance. He's the only God that has mercy on us. He's the only God that can change our situation. And we've got to come back to lifting up His name and pray for our society tonight. Because if we continue and we choose against the one who gave us our nation and built this nation and gave us our riches and gave us our freedom. Oh, God, help us what we're going to face. What we will face in the streets of America. And don't think it can't happen here. Everywhere it's ever happened, they didn't think it could happen there. If foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? As Christians, we must be on the offensive. Through Christ, we can overcome. It's not about the world overcoming. It's about you and I as individuals overcoming. Through Christ, we have the victory. Do we not? We've been promised that, that we have that. Through Christ, the battle has already been won. Is that not a promise also? Hey, he's already won the battle for us. We need to be faithful. Through Christ, we are kings and priests, the Bible tells us. If that be true tonight, don't you think it's about time we start acting like it? This old whiny, down-in-the-mouth Christianity that nobody wants and nobody cares about. And this old defeatism that we have today. Hey, if we're kings and priests tonight, we rule with Christ. We must lift up our hands and praise tonight and rejoice. And we are somebody. We're here for a purpose. We're here for a reason. And we must fulfill that reason. What can the righteous do? We can overcome. What can the righteous do? We can act like we've overcome. We can act like we who we say we are. Isn't it time for people, God's people to act like Christians? I'm not just talking about the worldly lifestyle so many are getting into, but with some courage and some backbone and letting people know what you believe and where you stand and letting the world know that we're old-fashioned Christians tonight. If the foundations are being destroyed, what can the righteous do? I'm going to give you three things tonight. First of all, if it be true that the foundations are being destroyed tonight, what can the righteous do? Number one, don't run away and try to hide. The psalmist says in verse one, And the Lord put out my trust. How say ye to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain? Now right there, he, he, it's stuck in his crawl right there, you can tell. He says, in the Lord put out my trust. Now, how can you say to me, flee into the mountain? How can you say to me, run? How can you say to me, turn back? He says, don't run away and try to hide. Ephesians 6.13 says, wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. Now, in this world we live in today, you know what we need to do? It's time to stand up. Time to stand up. Just get in the way of the devil and let him know you're not moving. That's all we're called to do is stand. You say, well, what happens? You just keep standing. Well, the devil's going to attack us. What happens? We withstand then. 
We withstand him. We've got the, all the equipment. We've got the armor of God to stand there. We've got the shield of faith. We're to stand and we need God's people to stand today. And stand where they ought to stand today. It's hard to stand you say. It is. But it's not impossible. I'm not going to tell you you won't get hurt. I'm not going to tell you you won't get wounded. But I'm going to tell you it's possible. It's just like as a young man or a young teenager. Well today is probably not true. The first time you got a bloody nose was a great day. Because you realized you wouldn't die if you got one. And you said, that's not so bad, I'll risk another one. And that's what it is. The devil can't take you out. He might bloody your nose, but it won't kill you. He may hurt you some way, but it won't destroy you. And we don't have to run away and hide. Take under the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand. He said to withstand. He didn't say to win the whole victory. We may not be meant to be the ones who win the victory. We're made to stand. To stand, to stand, to stand. That's what we're to do. Withstand in the evil day. And having done all, what do we do? After we've done all that, what do we do? Stand. Stand. It's hard, but it's not impossible. Stand together. That means if Brother Farber stand over here, I come stand by him. And then I roll and stand by somebody else when they be, and I run to somebody else and stand by them. And you do the same thing. And that's one thing we're missing in our churches today. Hey, run to that person in trouble. Run to that person with a heartache. Run to that person who's getting beat up and stand by them. You say, well, I don't know how to help them. It's not about you helping them. You can't. God's the only one that can. But you can stand by. You can stand with them. Stand. Cowards run. Cowards leave their family. Cowards leave their church. Cowards leave their friends. Whatever the pressure of their problem, it's going to be at the next place you flee to. Having done all, stand. What's your assignment? Preacher, what would God have me to do? Stand. Stand. I, he said, well, I, I just need to know what it is God wants me to do. I'm telling you, stand. Stand at home, Dad. Stand on your job. Stand at home, Mom. Stand at home. Stand wherever you are. Stand, stand, stand. You don't have to win the victory. You just have to stand. We forget who is fighting the battle and who has already won the victory. He's just waiting to reveal it. Stand. Secondly, what can the righteous do? Trust in the Lord. I know that sounds so simplistic, doesn't it? In the Lord put I my trust. How say ye to my soul, flee as a bird to your mountain. You see, he says, I trust in the Lord. Put your trust in the Lord. He said, the Lord is in his holy temple. Where's the Lord tonight? It's in his holy temple. And what else does that verse say? The Lord's throne. He's upon his throne. In heaven, in the holy temple. I mean, his eyes behold. The Lord's on his throne. You can't even picture it. I can't either. He's on his throne. And the Bible says the earth is his footstool. So you can imagine God, and the Bible gives a picture, God's not in distress tonight. God's on his throne, got his 
feet propped up on his footstool, which is this earth. We so value it, but it's just God's footstool. And he is in heaven. The Bible says that his eyes behold. Did you know there's nothing that ever occurs to God? His eyes behold. You can't hide from those eyes. You can't escape the stare of those eyes. You can't find a way to escape the meaning that those eyes will cast toward you. And he sees everything. He sees every injustice. And then, I like this, his eyelids try the children of men. Now, just get a picture, if you can. God's on his throne. He's got his feet propped up on the earth. He sees everything. He sees a little something over here. He don't raise a hand. He don't even get up. He just does his eyelids. Just moves his eyelids and takes care of it. Everything the Bible says is for a picture, for us to picture something. And what you see here is, there's nothing bigger than your God. There's no problem he can't handle. There's no problem he can't take care of. Oh, he sees what's going on down here. He sees the persecution of God's people. He sees the unfairness in this world. He sees the mistreatment of individuals. But I want you to know, God has it all under control. Why? He's looking. And the day may come for you, he just moves those eyelids. Just gives a little wink to you. Oh, that's our God. That's how big he is. That's how wonderful he is. And he sees everything. David's asking this question in unbelief. Flee. Why should you flee? Run. I mean, they're talking to David. The guy who took a slingshot and ran toward the giant. He didn't run from the giant. The man who took his sword and went into battle and slew the thousands and tens of thousands, they said. David, the mighty warrior, he says, don't talk to me about fleeing. Don't talk to me about running. It's not in me to run. It's not in me to flee. And I believe this is here for you and I to see. That should be our makeup. But it's not natural. But we need to make it a natural thing. We need to get our courage from the Lord and quit trying to get it everywhere else. The word trust is found 152 times in the Old Testament. It means to take refuge or lean upon. In Proverbs chapter 3, if you want to look there, you can. Verse 5 through 10. The Bible says, trust or take refuge or lean on the Lord. Very simple, isn't it? Who are you leaning on? Who are you trusting? You got to trust the Lord. You say, well, I don't trust anybody. You got to trust somebody. I trust the Lord. With all thine heart. You lean on him. You trust him with all your heart. I mean, just lean into him. Aren't you glad God will just let you lean into him? Boy, just something about you feel alone, you lean and you sense his presence. He's right there. He lets you lean on him. He's, he, I'm having a good time. I hope you are. He says, he says, lean not into thine own understanding. See, that's what we do. We start leaning inward. Uh, what do I know? What did I learn about this? 
Have I experienced this before? Who do I know that's been through this that I can talk to? Who do I, uh, hey, you don't need them. You need the one who created you. You need the one who died for you. You need the one who's provided everything you need. That's the one you need to lean to. Lean into him. Lean not into that own understanding. Well, I just don't understand it. Well, just forget it then. You're not supposed to understand it. You're not supposed to understand. It always amazes me. So many people who wait to understand something while it kills them. I don't understand. Somebody breaks in your house tonight. I hope you're not going to say, well, I hope I'm going to understand what this fellow's in my house for. As soon as I understand why he's here, I'll do something. I'll cook him a meal maybe or I'll, or I'll make it my 357 out. I'll, I'll have to see his intentions though. No, there's some things we know we're to do. And we're to put our faith and trust in the Lord. He says in verse 6, in all, A-double-L, thy ways, acknowledge him. People sometimes say, well, that's just my way. Okay, acknowledge it to the Lord. In all thy ways, acknowledge the Lord. Why don't you acknowledge the Lord in everything you do? That means all day long, everything you're into, acknowledge the Lord in all thy ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. That means in all thy ways, that means your personal life. Every decision you're going to make, everything you do, I would make God a partner in that decision. Your public life, ask the Lord to help you to conduct yourself right in the public eye. Help the Lord to help you to take care of your responsibilities and to be a good example of a Christian. Our future, we're supposed to trust him for our future. I'm trusting God, but I don't know what's going to happen to us. No, I'm trusting God, and I know what's going to happen to us. <laughs> I'm going higher one day. Yes, I am. And uh, you are too if you're saved. And uh, we can put our faith in him. He says, put our trust in him. Be not wise in thine own eyes. That's our problem. We think we're on the same level with God. Well, I know what the Bible says, but... I know what the Bible says. Well, if you know what the Bible says, do it. Stand on it. Obey it. And, and, every, every, and our future, our future is in his hands. And it's a wonderful future if you believe the Bible. And we must come to the place in our life where we, we, we let him have way in his way in all of our lives in every way. And, uh, he tells us in verse 7 to acknowledge to ourselves that we are not capable of making our decisions. And make yourself to realize that you need God. You know what tonight? The biggest fool in the world says I don't need God. Something, all of us have some things that happen to us. All of us have things that take place we don't have an answer for. Our biggest mistake is as soon as something happens we think of someone. Oh, I got, I got to tell someone. I got to have them praying for me. I got to have that praying for me. Can I say to you, you're going to stay behind the sticks until you come to the place to realize that when you need someone, the first place you ought to go is God. God is the one you need. God is the one you need to feel close to. God is the one you need to feel like it's on the line with you. God is the one you need to cry out to and call upon. And we're encouraging this. He says to fear the Lord. You know why we got to fear the Lord? Because you can't trust him till you're feared. Well, I don't like a religion of fear. Well, you need it because you're so stubborn. 
and hard-headed. You know what got you saved? Fear. You tell me you're saved tonight, and you say, I never was afraid of God. Uh, you was afraid, that's why you got saved. Uh, you, you know, we say, well, I don't need that. Well, you do need the Lord. You better be afraid. Because just like depending upon your wisdom would have, would have put you in the fires of hell, depending on your wisdom now will crash your life, crash your family, crash everything you have, you hold dear. When we don't fear the Lord, we better learn to fear the Lord. And America better learn tonight to fear the Lord again. To fear our God. Hey, it wasn't our mighty armies who defeated the Nazis. It wasn't our mighty armies who defeated the empire of Japan. It was God Almighty who did. And any honest student of history to study those wars. And not just those wars. Go back to the First World War and study it. Go study the, the, the war between the states. The Revolutionary War is one of the greatest miracles of all you could ever understand and read about and comprehend. And you will find that it was God and the armies protected by Jehovah God that had the victory. But I wouldn't want to be in the Union on the battlefield with a Muslim chaplain. never been accused of that but it's okay fear the Lord so you won't make your own decisions you see we, we, we everything in life we go do and we do it without fear until it's a spiritual decision and then you say well I, I, I didn't have to ask them why I don't, I'm, I'm not afraid I'm not. and that's the one you ought to be afraid about Encourage to fear the Lord because we cannot trust him until we fear him. When you fear him, you have to trust him. You have to put your faith in him and confidence in him. We are then told to depart from evil. Depart from evil. That's what we're told. Depart from evil. That means to remove yourself from the presence of evil. Real simple tonight. See, it's hard to understand tonight. Uh, Lord, remove me from evil. Depart from evil. You know, I'm so supposed to depart to evil. But what do I do? How do I depart from evil? This is how you do it. Get yourself by the collar and just woke yourself. That's how you depart from evil. Quit blaming everybody else. Quit using everybody else as a scapegoat because you stay just like you are. No, you make up your mind. Depart from evil. Depart from evil. Get away from it. Fear God so you'll depart from evil. That means remove yourself. You don't have to pray about it. Well, I got to pray about it. Oh, shut up. Y'all all know how I, I've, I've, I've destroyed that phrase for so many years. It's not funny. Now, preacher, I got to pray about it. No, you don't pray at all. I bet you I can guess your prayer life. Let me get, take a guess. Bible tells you to do something, God tells you to do something, the man of God preaches something, tells you to do something, you know what you're supposed to do? Do it! Well, I don't know how, shut up and do it. You know how to do it. You're acting just like your children did when you were rearing them. Oh, daddy, I don't know how to do that. I'll make you work with your mama, then you'll learn fast. We gotta realize, because 
we have to come to the place of God. We, we're supposed to remove ourselves from evil. Do it yourself. Proverbs 3.8 then tells us of the benefit of it. It says, shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. I love that. What does the Bible tell us he'll do? God promises us life insurance here. Health insurance. He says, if you'll do this, you'll learn to fear the Lord. It's healthy for you. Everybody's healthy. Wouldn't it be something to go around and ask people, you got healthy bones? Tell you how to get healthy bones. Fear the Lord. Fear the Lord. You know how to get some promises and get some blessings and get some interest for your life? Fear the Lord. People say, well, I wish I'd have been lucky like they are. No, you should have feared the Lord like they did. Well, I wish I'd have had the opportunity they had. No, uh, you should fear the Lord. That's how you get anything from God. You fear him enough to obey him. We're going to depart from evil, fear the Lord, depart from evil. And to honor God with our first fruits of all of our increase. Honor him financially. Honor him with our time. Honor him with everything. What can the righteous do? He can trust in the Lord and fear the Lord. Number three. I'll be through before nine. About the time the Braves get in their bullpen, Brother Farberella. So you can worry now. Number three, reestablish your foundation. Reestablish your foundation. Tonight would be a good thing for us all to do tonight. We ought to just all recommit ourselves to God tonight in private. Reestablish your foundation. Number one, be sure you're doing the will of God. Let me ask you a question tonight. Are you, not the church, are you doing the will of God now? Think about it. You know that's what you're going to answer to God for? Doing his will? You know he created you with a will? Every human being he created, God had a will for them also. And it's our job to find out what it is. And only we can only bring glory to God as we find out what it is and we do it. So are you doing the will of God? You know, we take, we take teenagers on a youth conference. We take teenagers to camp. We take them in the thing. We, we get all the time, young people, the will of God. You've got to know the will of God. You've got to do the will of God. Well, I'm calling the grown-ups out tonight. Are you doing the will of God? Do you know the will of God for your life? You should be able to say so. It's a responsibility. The will of God is the word of God. Without a vision, the people perish, and the vision is the word of God. And that means the will of God. So if you don't know the will of God, your life perishes. You must accept the fact that God loves you and has a plan for you. He has a plan for you personally. He has a plan for your home. He has a plan for your job. He has a plan for your car. He has a plan for your clothes. He has a plan for everything. Our problem is we let the world decide what we'll do. <clears throat> we tell young people, don't let the world decide for you. Don't make the choice the world puts in front of you. Don't do what they try. And they will tempt you and they will try to do that. But what I'm saying to the grown-ups tonight, God has a plan for you. You must decide what are you going to do. If the foundations be destroyed, what can the righteous do? 
you can do something. You can do the will of God. Love not the world, neither the things that are of the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. You know, you used to hear that verse all the time. You don't hear it a lot now. You don't hear many verses at all anymore in the average church. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, and the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth what? The will of God abideth forever. The will of God is pretty important. It's God's will for you to be saved. You've done that. God has a will for that life that you've got, that time he gives you, and you're going to answer for it at the judgment seat of Christ. We must give our lives then to helping others. You know how you can forget how bad your problems are? Start helping people. Start helping people. Go down to the nursing home. I, I used to go, but I'm afraid to go now. I'm afraid they'll keep me, so I... Watch out for that, but uh, it'll make you feel better because I guarantee you, you'll find some people have it worse than you do. We're always complaining, we're always griping about how hard we have it. And then you make fun of your parents who told you they walked to school 10 miles a day and it was up, up the hill both ways. And But you want to tell how bad you have it. None of us have it bad because we all deserve to be in hell. Anything other than hell, we're blessed. Anything we get beyond that, that's just cherry on top. Because we deserve hell. And he saves us. And we must learn to live for others. You forget how bad you find. There's people in this church that need somebody to care about them. Somebody in this church that do you good to write a note to once in a while. Pastor mentioned that this morning. It'd do you good to bake or cook for somebody, especially the retired pastor of this church. It'd be a wonderful thing if you bake for him. Miss Myers has a recipe list, and if you'll see her after the church tonight, she'll help you with that. Now, do you good to do something for somebody? Do you good to let people go stay on a bus ride all day know you appreciate them? People who play the instrument know you appreciate them. Miss Stanley can't read. I assure you, she'd be nice to get a note once in a while. Brother Stanley get a note. As long as they've been here and as much of their life they put in this place. Brother Fox has been here. Oh, what a brother Fox. I have his son coming to my house helping me now, working and stuff. And I said, you take first time you do your daddy's deal, you're done. You stay away from that pool. <laughs> Miss Fox is a teenager, always getting in trouble. And he's always coming to me, I'm going to work for you one day. And I'm saying, sure, yeah, but then. And it's going to be, you know where it's going to freeze, don't you? I, I but he did. He had a dream. He did what he had to do. He did. So he was lucky. He had no. That's what he wanted. That's what he set his face to get. And he paid the price to get it. You don't have it because you won't pay the price. I'm trying to help you tonight. Instead of being jealous of other people, realize God has the same things for you. If you'll pay the price. But we need to all tonight realize that we need to do something. Give your life to helping others. You'll forget how bad your problems are. Be true to God. Remember this. People get mad at God. And that amazes me when somebody says, well, I've been mad at God. I can't even conceive that. I can't even conceive that. 
All you got to think of this. Who does God try? He don't try the unrighteous. He just tries the righteous. Chastisement of the Lord is for who? His children. Hey, uh, hey no, I'm, I'm just glad he loves me. If he's got to smack me once in a while and let me know that, I'm okay with that. I just want to know he loves me. I want to just know I can lean into him when I need to. Be true to God. Tonight we need a rededication of being true. What can the righteous do? Be true to the scriptures. We say we believe this book. People have died for this book. We say that. We say it lightly. But will we, will, will we even read it? Will we even get our instructions for the week from it? Will we even get our plans for life from it? Will we take time to honor it and thank God for it and realize every time I hold this in my hand, I'm holding the very mind of God in my hand that he left for me. He left me. What a privilege I have. What a privilege. How ashamed we're going to be when we stand at the judgment seat of Christ one day with that great host of Christians who stand there who move the world with the gospel. Never had this book like we have it. But we have it. We need to be true to the scriptures. Be true to his church. Oh, exciting. How exciting is good church. This world doesn't have any good churches, folks. I've been out preaching a lot of it. I'm telling you, it's sad. It's sad. And there's like a dearth over this nation of ours. And where there is something happening, we need to realize we're fortunate to be a part of it. We're fortunate to be able to do something here. Because this could be the very spot that brings that God uses to bring forth a light that shall shine and reach into the darkness of our nation and do something. We need to be true to his people. The best friends you got are right here. My best friend don't go to church. Well, I don't want to meet him. You say, well, that upsets me. Well, I could say more about him up there if you know, but I'll let you off this time. Your best friend is probably right here, right here in the household of faith. These are the people that's going to be there when you're sick. These are the people that's going to be there when you're discouraged. These are the people that's going to come stand by you when when a heartache comes. These are the people that God has placed you in their midst to be a part of. Enjoy it and consume the responsibility. The Lord sees. And verse 6 tells us he sends. If you look back to our text tonight. Chapter 11 verse 6. Upon the wicked he shall rain snares, fire, and brimstone. And a horrible tempest this shall be the portion of their cup well I want the Lord I'm tired I want the Lord to answer well he's going to and right there tells you how he's going to answer and then notice verse 7 for the righteous Lord don't ever forget that loveth righteousness his countenance doth uphold behold the upright his eyes on the sparrow tonight and it's upon me the righteous Lord loveth righteousness. I think I want to love it too. It says that his countenance, notice verse 7, his countenance does behold the upright. 
his countenance beholds us. Listen, are you the upright, the saved? Then his countenance is toward us. His countenance is toward me. God is looking at you. Now, that means I can look back. I can look back. <laughs> I can look back. When I let the clouds of this old world, my lack of faith come between me and him, it's discouraging. It's fearful. It's frightening. But as long as I can know his countenance beholds me. Then I can behold his countenance and find exactly what I need. I find he upholds the upright. How do you keep from falling? His countenance. How do you stand? His countenance. How do you keep going? His countenance. His countenance goes before us. Praise God. Hey, I, I could preach all night if you wouldn't. Brother Farber would be upset. But I, I'll tell you. Isn't it fun just to think about how great your God is? Isn't it something to think about how foolish we are worrying all the time and fretting all the time and wanting to despair all the time and saying it's all over, it's all done, it's all beyond. I mean, look, it's, it's, it's going to happen. His countenance is on us. I know these are dark and hard days we live in. The world's threatening to kill us all and John Wayne's gone. I mean, we we're just we're just we just we just we don't have anything much much to look to today. But thank God we got our Savior. Thank God we got our God. When you stand up here and sing, His countenance is there. He's watching you. He's watching you sing His praises. His countenance. You say, "Well, I just don't see it." You can see it if you want to see it. I hope God will become real to you. Because he's pretty real with me. And I have the time of my life because I need his countenance. You don't have to get worse off. We're all going to be better off one day because he's coming for us. Tonight, let's re-enlist. There's some of you been here forever. You've been here, here. You're getting tired. I know you're getting tired. You're in this building pro perpetual. And you, you ain't seen nothing yet. And, you, and it's always coming at you. Things are coming at you. This world is changing. But look, the people of God have got to, somewhere, the people of God have got to be extraordinary. So God can choose to bless it. I want to be that people, don't you? I want to be that people. Now, I'll be going to heaven before long, but I don't want to look down here and see any of you quit. You get up and re-enlist tonight. Good night. When's the last time you rededicated your life to God? To doing the will of God? Well, I did that when I was a teenager. Well, you're not a teenager now. When's the last time you did it? You say, well, you have to do it again. Well, I find that it's a good thing to do. Because most of the people I know haven't turned into Billy Sunday when they dedicate their life to God. So it would be a good thing to do it. Try it again. Promise God your years you got left. Promise God what strength you have. Promise God what ability you have. Promise God you'll be a friend to the friendless and hope to the hopeless. We have the most awesome opportunity of life. Don't you blow it. The foundations be destroyed. What can the righteous do?
I don't know what you're going to do, but I'm going to keep on standing, and I'm going to praise my God. And look at his countenance and shout the praises of God. And you can do whatever you want to, but I'm going on.